Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and to get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello, and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. And I'm here with a guest today, and we're going to be talking about a little topic that I'm excited to talk about because I do believe that everything kind of comes back to this, both in the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you put yourself out there. We're going to talk about becoming an authority in your industry, becoming an authority in the market and doing that. How do we do that? We do that through our message, through our content, through what we put out, through what we're showing everybody. And to me, I think that that's one of the most difficult things. I think it trips a lot of people up at all levels because we move the goalpost on what success means on this stuff. So, but I have an expert here who's going to shed a lot of light on this, give you a really great overview. And we're going to dive deep into what it really means to be an authority and how you can create that. You can step into that identity for yourself. So Melanie Hershorn is here with me today, and she is a she, she's now working with authors and with coaches. Um, she's a content marketing strategist for coaches and speakers worldwide. She's on a mission to support and empower her clients to create clear messaging and content that shines a light on their individual experience, skill set and their books. With her unique combination of entrepreneurship, award-winning journalism, and PR experience, Melanie guides her clients to attract and nurture leads and position themselves as industry experts. Melanie, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much, Nicole. I am so excited to be here today and to see your beautiful face. I am excited to have you here. I'm excited to talk about this. Um, what did I miss in that intro? Is there anything that you want to introduce yourself to the audience with that I that I didn't get in that little that little snippet that I gave? Well, if you want some behind the scenes, I'm a mom <laughs> of two and one crazy Cavalier King Charles Spaniel dog. <laughs> dog. But no, I think you pretty much got it. My my mission in life really is to help amplify. Uh, coaches and speakers who've written a book. I, I, my mission is to amplify their voice online so that their message can get out there to make this world a better place. I love it. I love it because it, it is your your message is that's really your calling card. That's your business. That if you don't have a message, then everything's going to feel disjointed and you're going to feel pretty disempowered, I think, as an entrepreneur. Because if you just have an offer, but there's no message behind it, one, your offer probably isn't terribly aligned with anyone. And and no one's going to really understand it and know it. And it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're not talking about it. You're not putting it out there. You're not doing it in an, in an intentional way. So it's not working. What do you see in with your clients, with the people that you work with, um, what do you see trips people up a lot with just content in general and being an authority? Well, let's start with the content in general. People see content as this giant beast to be sort of conquered, right? And and it's not. It doesn't have to be at all. And And so they think that they can chip away at it by hiring somebody to post online Mm. And they might not know what is going out online, but as long as they check the box, yes, mm. I posted on Instagram today. Yes, I did. Nobody liked it. 
mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't matter because I did it. They think that they are fulfilling that that thing that has to be done, this content. But that's not the case. And and I would actually argue that fewer followers, but engaged ones who really understand your message, that's really the goal. You don't need to have you know millions of people like your posts if not one of them is interested in what you really offer and is ever going to take out their credit card to pay. Agreed. And I think that that's that's the red herring that everybody goes after is that big audience is that feeling that it needs to be more. And truthfully speaking, as somebody who teaches, you know, mindset and, and self-empowerment as a big part of, of what I do, that's really just your insecurities talking and you're trying to fill a void in yourself with lots of followers, but is your goal to get people to love you, to get people to like you, that doesn't translate into money. That doesn't translate into a thriving business. And when you're chasing that, it's been my experience with the people that I've worked with and also with myself, because I, I dealt with that too, that feeling of wanting to be liked. And I have a whole podcast episode on how no like and trust is screwing, is is killing your business because we focus on the like. Um, Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Because being liked that exactly is not going to translate into you know growing your bank account. It's really about being trusted. And that's that authority piece. So how does somebody become an authority online? If I might ask myself that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is by showing people that you are the real deal and you know what you're talking about. And, and that's why there are three kinds of content that you should be putting out in the world. And that's the engaging content where people want to respond. They feel compelled to respond to you. So you can start up a real live conversation, real, you know, relationship. There's the value stuff where you give them tips, how to do this, how to do effective book marketing, for example. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, is really about that authority building and and. Maybe it's a testimony. Maybe it's telling a story about a client win or a client transformation. Whatever that is, that shows your audience, hey, she totally knows what she's talking about. And I, since you brought up book, since you brought up being an author, because I think that that's, so you're telling people, first of all, just to kind of recap that, you're really saying get a conversation going. You're talking about building a relationship with your audience. You Get a conversation going, tell them about who you are, and then show them the results that you get. Show them, give them some social proof that what you do works, that what you do, that people actually hire you, that people like working with you, that you get people results. And that trips a lot of people up, in, particularly in the beginning, and where they have they, they've, they feel like, well, my testimonials aren't good enough. I haven't gotten people to because we're all we're bombarded with the Facebook ads and the people that are like I took someone from a hundred thousand to a million dollars in three months you know and and that's just we don't have the full context of that story around that and we get we we end up comparing ourselves against these people who have massive programs and testimonials that frankly we don't know where they come from. That's true. And you really don't know what's true online and what isn't. And honestly, Nicole, those Facebook posts are the bane of my existence. The, I made 
$14,000 in three weeks. Drop your drop an mm. emoji below. So I'll give you my exact blueprint of how it works. Guess what, friends? Blueprints like this, you can't repeat this stuff. Your content has to be individually created for you and your business. You can't just cookie cutter your way to a startup. It doesn't work like that. Well, and don't don't take our word for it. I want you to take a moment, listener, and think about all the times you've downloaded one of those blueprints, one of those PDFs, one of those strategies, one of those things that someone said, you know, grab it before I make it paid. And and you gave them your, you DM'd them and they sent you this thing. Um, I want you to count how many times you've you've done that and how many times you've actually used or found useful what they sent you. Because I'm not saying that they don't exist, that they're not useful, um, but usually they're, they're missing quite a bit and that's intentional. It's not, <laughs> they're not really giving away their entire strategy. And if you, I, I, I always say this, the strategy is not actually what matters. This, the you're the operating system. You can't run a brand new app on iOS 3. It won't work. You're not going to be able, it's not going to handle, it's going to crash. It's not going to work. You have to upgrade your operating system. And that really comes with, to, to me, it's been my experience, and I'd love to know your your um, your take on this, being a content strategist, that the more you open up, and you, it's a soul searching mission of uncovering what your message is, having the courage to put it out there, having the courage to say, I'm worth hearing from. So I'm curious what, what, what your response is to that. And if you've seen that at all. Well, I, I would love to tell my personal story. Sure. Even better. I, I, okay. So when I started on this journey as a content strategist, this is not my first rodeo here, but this is not the first thing I, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I didn't, you know, I'm going to be a content strategist when I grow up because <laughs> I don't think that existed yet. Um, but I, my business experience went from PR to journalism. And then after I was laid off from my uh, job as a reporter, because uh, they had massive layoffs. And I was, of course, five months pregnant at the time. Oh, fun. Was, Good timing. <laughs> yeah, it was great timing. Um, and I, my entire identity was wrapped up in, I'm a journalist. You know, people know my name mm. in Central Pennsylvania. I'm famous in Central Pennsylvania, which is like being, I don't know, a 10. You know when they say like, you're well, you're a five in California, but you're a 10 in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> so... So all of a sudden I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and then I had this, I had a, a new baby and, and I thought, I want to design and manufacture breastfeeding clothing. I want to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to be a fashion designer. I'm going to do this. And I did it. <laughs> I, made, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, but I did it. And I sold my clothes on Nordstrom.com for several years. And like, I was doing it. And then I made a mistake and I hired somebody to help me with my marketing. Mm -hmm. And she was emotionally and verbally abusive to me. She took my money and she helped me grow my Instagram following with people that were never going to make a purchase. Mm -hmm. And she also made me feel very, very, very helpful. And you could say, well, people can't make you anything. 
there was a lot of abuse that made me feel like I was nothing. And eventually I couldn't even open my office door anymore. And it was in my house. (laughs) So I would avoid the (laughs) Don't go in there. Yeah, don't go in there. You know, hazmat suit necessary. So when I, I finally got the courage to close the business, and that was not easy for many reasons, including having to sever ties with this woman who I was sure was going to somehow take me down. And then I thought, what can I do now? Why don't I try empowering people with their content, with their marketing? Because clearly, I actually know what I'm doing. Took me a long time to get there though. And I still sometimes have like inklings of like PTSD. But this, I tell you this story to say that it took me a really long time to be able to tell this story. Mm. Even though it really truly informs what I do and why I am, why I link arms with every client, why I am their cheerleader and their support system, and we become best friends. Because I want to be there for them because I know what it's like to be on the side of being beaten down and feeling like, what am I going to do? How do I make this work? And I also know what it's like when your content marketing works. You mm-hmm. know, I have people that I've never met or heard of on LinkedIn booking sales calls with me mm. because of all the things I'm living there. So I tell you all this, you know, to say that when you are honest about your story, and you accept it, yeah, you're going to get haters. I've gotten some like really mean like responses to emails telling the story. Like, well, you shouldn't be in business. You're just an idiot. Um, oh, that's yeah. Helpful. Oh, yeah. I, I know, right? <laughs> so thank I got, you. Yeah, th- thank you. That proof that that you're not not everybody's going to like you. I love when people do that and then they don't unsubscribe. It's very interesting to me. Some people are just really into saying nasty, replying with nasty things. And then I look and I'm like, why didn't you hit the unsubscribe button if I'm so offensive to you? (laughs) Oh, how dare my story offend you so greatly. Apparently you'd like to hear more. Exactly. What else can I troll you on? Right. And yeah, so, so you're going to get trolled, right? But but your messaging and, and the mission behind what why you do what you do, so you know th- th- that's vital. And sometimes people don't want to tell their story, and that's okay. But I say whatever you do feel comfortable sharing, that's going to help you seem human. Mm. And if one of the trends that we're seeing—not that I love trends, except in clothing—one um, mm-hmm. of the trends that we're seeing is that people want authenticity, much Mm. more so than a beautifully made up face, not such as myself. They want, you know, they, they don't want you to be perfect. They want you to be real, you know, years of being cooped up in your house and, and spending, I mean, we've probably logged more hours on zoom in the past two years and we've driven than we've slept. (laughs) So people want humanity. And so Remembering that when you that whenever you say things online, whenever you put things out there online, remembering to be truly you, I think that that's going to make a difference and make the difference for you. So where do they start with that? Where does somebody who feels like they're because I, I definitely know people there's someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I have that person that just writes like really fluffy 
nonsense on my Instagram and I check the box for having done it that day. Um, I know that I post things and it can, and, and I'm afraid of being revealing or I'm afraid of it making me look unsuccessful. I'm afraid of posting about vulnerability and sharing about vulnerability and people thinking that I'm looking for pity or people thinking that I'm not as successful and not wanting to hire me because I'm I'm downplaying myself. What do you say to that person and what how does that person go about getting people to know them and trust them? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Well, let's start with your, you know, topic of expertise. Well, one of your topics of expertise, which is mindset. You know, let's figure mm-hmm. out what it is that's stopping you. I had a client who we worked together for a few months and she was adamant she was not going to post a picture of herself on Instagram. She was only going to do graphics. I said, mm-hmm. people need to see you. They need to see who you are. They need to lock eyes with your picture. She said, well, it feels narcissistic to me. And I said, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And we sort of worked through why there were much more benefits to her showing her her beautiful self than hiding behind random graphics made in Canva. And she did it. And now she posts pictures of herself all the time proudly. And so that was a big mindset shift that we were able to, to make for her. So when you ask, you know, where does somebody start when they're feeling nervous? I would say, start with your mission. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Oh, homework. Okay. Get out a piece of paper when you, when you can, if you're driving right now, don't, don't do that. But if you are, you know, you have access to writing, write down your mission mm-hmm. and then write down why that's your mission. And then write down who you hope to help. And then I want you to look back at that regularly. And every time you do, write about it. That's authentically you. And that is going to get people excited every single time. When you give people, you know, you tell them, I do this. And you say, because, Hmm. because that because is going to make a difference. They're going to, it's going to resonate with them. So that's where to start. And no, you don't have to show your breakfast. You don't Mm -hmm. have to take off your shirt and show how much weight you've lost. If that is not within your brand, you don't have to reveal everything, but at least reveal why you do what you do. Yeah. I I mean, I I feel like the, the story, I mean, the why part for me, in my experience has been uh, my own personal experience has been that when I talk about the why, it kind of makes all the other fear go away. Because if I think about, and from a mindset standpoint, where's the fear coming from? Where am I really, where's this really coming from? Am I afraid? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Nobody likes it. Nobody comments. Happens all the time. Um, You know, that's the nature of it. So what? Um, The worst thing that happens is nothing happens. Um, But I can guarantee nothing will happen if I don't put anything up. So if I'd like the potential, if I want to live in potential, then I put it up. I put it up. But when I put up the why, when I talk about the why, then the fear of where a lot of my fears started was um, I, I was afraid of being misunderstood. I was afraid of people misunderstanding why I was doing what I was doing. 
Well, the quickest way to rule that out is to tell them why. <laughs> tell them why you're doing it. Give them a, a peek into why you keep talking about the same thing and why it means so much to you. Mm-hmm. So when when I look at it, I'm like, I I'm passionate about helping women step into their into their power, into really owning their gifts because I had a hard time admitting I had any of them for most of my life. Why? Why did I have a hard time doing that? Um, Well, I had a father that made me feel like I did more wrong than right. I don't think he intentionally meant to make me feel that way, but that was how I felt as a child. And I took a lot of that in when I was a kid and it stayed with me and I did not have a lot of friends growing up. So I didn't feel like I had deep down. I believe that there are two things that drive all of us to inaction (laughs) that keep us in gridlock. And they are the fundamental feeling that we are unlovable and that we are unsupported and the people around us won't come through for us. So what do we do? We stay quiet. We stay hidden. We stay alone. And then we wonder why nothing's working. And we wish upon every star that we could just be seen. We could just be heard. And that was my wish for a long time. And I I remember I had a mentor tell me, he said, um, he said, you're amazing. Like you can literally, he's like, you can do kind of anything, anything I throw at you, you're, you're incredible. It doesn't matter unless you show the world. It doesn't mean a damn thing. And you'll regret someday you will look back and say, I didn't show anyone what I could do. I didn't take this car out for a spin. And I think about that probably every day. At some point that pops into my head, he pops into my head and I hear his voice tell me that, like, if it doesn't mean anything unless you show the world. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And that mission and that message, that means everything. Because people see themselves in a story. We're giving them the ability to see their struggle and to not feel so alone. Because I think that we do feel that way. We think that we're the only ones that feels the things that we're feeling. Absolutely. And being stuck in an office by yourself as an entrepreneur, that just exacerbates everything because it's not like we're in an office where we get to chat with other people. You're alone. Exactly. It's a, it's an isolating profession. And if, if you let it be, right. which is why having groups, which is why having people around you that are supporting you, like cultivate those friendships. But to get back to content, to get back to, to diving in and being an authority, the, the, tell us a little bit about, I know you work with authors and I know that there are a lot of people that think like, well, I want to write a book, want to write a book. And they, they have all, they, they pour everything they have into the book. They, they put it out and they think that that's going to do the work for them. What is your experience with that? Because you work with authors. What is the work that you do with them mainly? Do you help them write the book or you help them with other things? So let me, let me say, uh, to answer your second question first, um, so I help authors once the book has been written, whether it's published or not. It, it doesn't matter to me. As long as there's a book to leverage, we can. And so I help them take that book and weave it into their marketing, their brand marketing and their book marketing. They kind of go hand in hand. And so we take that and we create 
online magic. <laughs> we, we take that book and we grow their social media and their emails and we help them create a lead magnet, so, which is that freebie that you give people mm-hmm. in exchange for your email. So, and, and we help them sort of create this online platform of this is me. I am the authority in my space. And guess what? I wrote the book on it. Mm. And so to your earlier point about, you know, writing a book doesn't make you an authority. Right. <laughs> a lot of people think that they think, okay, I got the book now. So look at me. I'm an authority. Here's me with my book. Oh, how fantastic. No, it's the same thing. You wouldn't plan a party and then not send out the invitations. Mm-hmm. So if you don't invite people to know about your book, they're not going to know. And then if they don't know, you can't be considered an authority or a thought leader because you're just hiding behind your computer or you're just hiding in your office. You have to tell people about it, which goes back to content. What do we say? Because you can't keep saying, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. Nobody's going to care at one po- at some point. <laughs> so it's how you weave the messages in the book into your content marketing. Because when you write a book, you've got thousands of words to repurpose into fantastic content online. But I don't want to discourage people who haven't written a book from from making content. You you have all these wonderful ideas. Maybe you've written a blog post that you can repurpose into several social media posts. Maybe you've written a whole series of emails that would make great blog posts. So you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. You can repurpose the wheel for your content. Well, and so I like kind of what I get the visual I get in my head is that the book becomes like the content map. It's it's you've already come up with the thesis and now we're going to pick it apart and we're going to say, well, what's the what's the general themes here? What are we talking about? What are the pillars of this book? And how are we going to use those? We can we can break them up where we're and now are you taking things straight from the book or are you, is there a format that you're taking things through that, that turns it into from just being a piece of content to being an authority piece? Ooh, I love that. So it's sort of this all encompassing. I like to say that, that that all the puzzle pieces are there and then I'm putting the puzzle together. Mm -hmm. So definitely the things that somebody has written in a book are authority building pieces. You know, there's paragraphs full of great content, but the way a book reads and the way Mm. post on Instagram reads, I mean, it's all, you know, to a a non-native English speaker, it might as well be two different languages. (laughs) So, I mean, three syllable words, no bueno. (laughs) So, (laughs) So there's a lot of, of retooling what is in a book to make it more appropriate for blog posts, for emails, for social media posts. And the reason is when somebody's reading a book, they're reading the book. They are not doing 17 other things. They might be listening on audio. That's a whole other animal because that's, I can't repurpose Mm -hmm. from thin air. But from a physical book or a a Kindle book, it's that you you have to be reading it. Mm -hmm. And whereas... When somebody's scrolling LinkedIn on the toilet, they're doing other things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you are up against so much noise 
when you are posting things on social media or sending out emails, you're up against more competition than mm-hmm. when you have their undivided attention. And so that's right. why it's got to be shorter. It's got to be easier to understand. And it's not to say that the people on social media are not intelligent. Of course they are, but they're busy and our minds are not a hundred percent. I mean, we might be scrolling Facebook, but we're also watching Bridgerton. Yeah. Well, and they also, they didn't choose it. They choose your book. You, you, I chose to download it, if whether it was free or paid or I bought it, whatever I did, I made a choice and I said, that sounds good. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to make a po- make it a point to read this, listen to it, whatever. Whereas like versus an algorithm, just serving it up in the stream of thousands of others. Of other posts. Um, Can I ask you a question? Because you brought up LinkedIn, you brought up Instagram. What's the difference between the two content wise? Do you change the tone? Do you change the format? Do you change the graphics? What are you changing for those, those two platforms? Or are you saying, no, we have a consistent message and we feel like that works? Uh, In a nutshell, the latter. Because Mm -hmm. (laughs) your message is your message, right? Now, I'm not going to go suggest that. Let's let's go back a little. Facebook is more family friendly Mm -hmm. and fun. And you're on Facebook after hours, blah, blah. LinkedIn is 24-7 networking for business. Right. So would I recommend posting a picture of your plate of spaghetti on LinkedIn? Heck no. (laughs) Because people are going to be like, what? Why, Why are you putting this here? here? Yeah. I don't <laughs> like, want to see your food. And then that's going to be like, not good. <laughs> right. It's, it's getting noticed for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the messaging, no, I copy paste across all, all platforms because I'm always writing short and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean like, like short, I mean, short sentences, you can have paragraphs long, that's fine. until Instagram cuts you off on the number of words you can put, but, but ideally every post is going to have some, it's going to have this basically fall into the, the anatomy of a post, which, which if I may tell you is a hook, maybe Mm -hmm. then you talk about the problem, you give reasons why you're the authority, you provide a solution, and then you give a call to action. And that's universal. Maybe that won't work on TikTok, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other. Right. But, you know, if you're, if you're saying, you know, can I post across platforms, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook and post the same words, I would endorse that, especially since we don't have time to be reworking things across platforms and spread so thin. I would even say, pick your one, your one platform and really hone in on that and learn all the great things about that one platform. Well, and I I feel like that this is what stops a lot of people from creating content consistently and doing it in a bigger way is that they think they need to be everywhere. They think that they need to be doing it every day. They, and they, they build it up to be bigger one, because it's it's safer to do that. If you make it so big that you can't do it and you don't have time, then you don't do it. And then you've you've successfully made it seem plausible for you to like like a good reason for you to not do the thing that scares you. But um, but I think that people tend to overcomplicate it. 
tend to make it where it's like, well, I have to have the right schedule. I have to have all of this. I have to, I have to do this kind of post this day. And then this day I have to do this type of post and it has to lead to this. How do you see that when you're, I mean, obviously in a perfect world, we, we love all of that. We love to have things laid out well. How important is that? What do you prioritize the most when you're working through a content strategy with someone, whether it's an author or just, just a regular coach? I think the first thing we have to do is start. Mm. <laughs> I like to make get that. out. <laughs> you know, people are like, well, what are you really good at? And I'll say boiling things down. Mm-hmm. I can make really like big concepts and just like say, oh, so what you're saying is this. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's the same thing. Let's start. And I never want to overwhelm people because like you said, you overwhelm people that's sure bet they're not going to start. So yep. I say, let's try once or twice a week. Let's try posting once or twice a week. I actually did this with a client this week. She wrote her first post Mm -hmm. and she was so nervous. And now she's so excited because it actually posted and people are responding to it. (laughs) And and that kind of feedback is going to to give her the the courage and the confidence to do it again. Right. But if you're, if you start just, you know, spraying content and nobody's doing anything in response, you're going to feel like, oh, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. I should stop. Oh, I'm embarrassed. And, and, you know, all the, all the head trash that we don't, that we don't need. So I say try once or twice, eight with a plan to build up to three times a week. And then you got to figure out where do you need to be? Where are, where's your ideal client or your ideal reader or your ideal customer hanging out? Mm-hmm. Like if they're not on Instagram, you don't need to be there doing, you know, dancing and pointing on reels. You don't need to be doing that if your people aren't even there. That's just silly. So do you remember when everybody like dropped everything to join Clubhouse and people yes. on Android phones were buying Apple iPads yes. just so they could get on Clubhouse? And I kept saying, I don't like this platform. <laughs> I just don't like this. Everything I, we create just disappears. <laughs> yeah, and I'm such a visual learner that I can't even go on Zoom calls if the person shuts their video off. I don't know what they're saying because I need to mm. see their mouth moving in order for me to really like take in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is miserable listening to two hours of I don't even know what because I can't tell you what somebody said five seconds ago. And then what happened? Everybody, you know, it was like... <laughs> They went running this way and they're like, oh, wait a second. Maybe this isn't such a great platform. And then they went running back. And, you know, of course, they're they're going to be devotees to that platform, but you don't have to keep jumping from one to the next. Right. Well, and I think that like with Clubhouse, the people were jumping because you got reach, you could get known pretty quickly. There was a way for you to, and I think it was people felt like I could position myself as an authority here. I can, there was such a, there was, there was such a generous nature to it in the beginning of people like, let's host rooms together. Let's do this together. And connections and and alliances were formed and people were like, oh my God, I found my people. And people are coming to hear us talk. And I think it was very exciting. But then after a while, if you didn't get the growth, if you didn't get it, people just kind of trickled away because the truth was, if I'm not getting what I need out of this, then I'm going to go elsewhere. The people who, I mean, people are still on it. People are still using it and doing really well with it. Um, it, It's a great platform for the right person. Um, For me, and I think like in analyzing that statement of go where your people are, go where your ideal client is, 
um, you know, where are you building relationships and where are you driving people back to? And make sure that like I send everybody to Instagram from this show, from the podcast that I do and from speaking events, people just naturally look for me there. So I do feel like there's it's it's beneficial and necessary for me to have a presence there that I consider strong. So I make it a point, but I've also let go of it having to be perfect, it having to look perfect, it having to be like oh, reels are big, or this is happening. I do it if I feel connected to it. And I don't, if I don't, um, if I don't feel like creating a reel, I've been through that feeling like going, scrolling through what sound am I going to use? What am I going to do? How am I going to make this fit me? And it's like, well, if I really want to do, just get the algorithm juice out of the fact that it's a reel, I'll just talk to it like a video and I'll make it 17 seconds and hope for the best and see what happens. Right. And you stop shooting all over yourself. I should yes. do this. I should do that. And, and we have to stop doing that. And that's, I mean, that's the, I love social media because of the connections you can make, but I also wish social media didn't make people feel all that pressure of having to do what the other person's doing, which brings us back to the point mm-hmm. of cookie cutter. You right. can't do what other people are doing and expect to get the same result. So to your question of, you know, what should you do? I would say, try going on your ideal platform three times a week and doing something and figure out whether you like writing or whether you like going live. For me, it's video all day, every day. I go Mm -hmm. live three times a week on LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube because they're all connected through my StreamYard account. Nice. And I can talk at my face for 10 (laughs) minutes. And I'm just looking at my face thinking, wow, I did my hair so well today. No. And, 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 you know, I just, I love chatting at Mm. people and with people who, who comment. So, but maybe like live video terrifies you and and you don't want to have to put on clothes. Fine. Write something fantastic. Um, the, the thing that is really going to move the needle though is consistency. Mm -hmm. And I call that the granny panties of marketing. Because it's necessary, but it ain't sexy. Unsexy. Yes, for sure. And we think of marketing, like, ooh, marketing so exciting. Yeah. But if you are showing up consistently, you are going to see that people start to expect to have you there. And Mm -hmm. they really start to resonate with what you're putting out. And that's going to make a difference for you. And I know people say this all the time, but it is the truth. People are watching that you don't know are watching. People are people, everybody that buys from me is a lurker. Like, I don't know that they're, I don't, I have no idea usually that people are in my sphere. I'll see people watching my stories, but there are a lot of people that watch them. Um, but like never comment, never make any sort of don't, don't, don't make their presence known at all. And then suddenly I get a, so I've been following you for a long time. And I was wondering if you could tell me about that, about that, um, that offer. That's why I love putting up at least a couple of offers that just say message me for details. Cause it's like, you've got to show me who you are. And that's kind of my first call to them too, is just being like, be brave, ask. If you're interested, ask, step out, see what it, see what's here for you rather than just clicking a link and then making a judgment and clicking away. That fills my heart, Nicole. I love this. I love that you do that. And yeah, Letting people know what you have to offer. That's something mm-hmm. that, that entrepreneurs are sometimes afraid to do. 
but it's okay. And make it an exercise. I did a I did a challenge back in January that was awesome where it was really just about putting stuff out there every day. Like it's about you stepping out of your comfort zone. It's about you getting into the energy of things can work and acting from that place and allowing whatever happens to happen. And people made so much money during this challenge because they were they were just going after and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Someone wrote back. And I'm like, it happens. You made an offer. I want you to realize how many times you don't, that you just put things up there and you say like, well, they'll reach out if they're interested. No, but you didn't even ask them to reach out to you. You're just like, you know, you can't, every call to action can't be drop an emoji. Like, Sometimes you've got to you, you've got to ask for a bit more. You got to let people know you've got something something to offer, and you know you touched on it before about about being an authority and showing up as, as an authority. I, like I'm piecing this together, but that being like everybody else does not make you an authority. It makes you forgettable. I agree. It does because you, there's. Let me say this: you as a person, you the listener. You are unique. There's no one in the world like you who's had your exact experience, who has your exact skill set, and who has your exact mission. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have had some horrible traumatic thing happen to to make a business. (laughs) I used to think that. I used to think that it had (laughs) to be like a fiery car crash in order to have a mission. Oh, you too? Me too. I thought that too. I was like, my life hasn't been bad enough. Like I haven't, I wasn't, I wasn't like physically abused. I wasn't like, I had bad things happen, but they're not compared to this person. (laughs) So I don't have this like rising from the ashes story to share. We're not, we might not all be the Phoenix, but that's so interesting that you had the exact experience because this is our first time ever having a conversation. And, and yet we had the exact same experience, which pushed us both down. Mm -hmm. And so let's make this end here today. It doesn't have to be, you know, a a Phoenix rising from the ashes for your story to matter because you have amazing things that you can talk about and you have a mission and you have the authority in your space. So you have to let people know and always come from a place of service. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a place of, of strength. Own your shit. Yeah. The good and the bad. The good and yeah. the bad. Own it all. Own the ugliness. Own the fear. Own The minute you do, you're free to embrace your gift. You can't until then. Because that voice is just going to be so loud pointing. It's distracting you from the gift because it's pointing to all the things that you don't like about yourself. This is how the self-love thing works. When you start loving all the pieces of yourself and you say, screw it, this is who I am. And and this is my story, no matter what happened. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own all of it. The fear, it's like you just silenced that negative voice. You made it smaller than you. And every time you do it, you make it a little bit smaller and you grow a little bit bigger. It's beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing everything that you shared with the audience. I am I'm so excited. I love this conversation and I love talking about this because I do believe that your voice is the most important tool in your business. Like there's there's all of these other things that we put stress on, but it, it stems from your voice. It stems from owning 
your message. And so I love this conversation and I thank you for coming here and having it with us. Um, can you tell everybody where they can stay in touch with you? I know we have some links and things to give out. We'll link all of it up in the show notes, but where can they find you? Absolutely. Well, of course I'm on all the platforms <laughs> because of course, you know, you got it. <laughs> My company is called VIP digital content, but I do have a couple of gifts for your listeners. Yes. So I have a free content calendar that you can grab so you can start planning that content, even if it's one day a week, <laughs> no pressure. And that's, uh, you can grab that at vipdigital.live slash content calendar. And for those who are authors or aspiring authors, I have your ultimate book marketing checklist available for you. And that's at vipdigital.live slash checklist. Awesome. And you can find her on Instagram, LinkedIn. We'll link up all of those links in the show notes so you can go and find her. Um, I am. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to, for, to you for being here, Melanie. And, and I'm grateful to you, listener, for making it all the way to the end of this episode, being part of this conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. But I want you to remember, as I always want you to remember, that you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you stop accepting those limitations, that is when you become limitless. So go out there and be limitless people. I'll see you next time. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to stay in touch with us, we would love to have you as a part of our Facebook community, Practical Manifestors. It's a community for process-driven women looking for clear and actionable steps to embodying a life of wealth and alignment. Join us at Practical Manifestors in Facebook or go to www.innerceogroup.com.